sports science, strength and conditioning, high performance coaching. Welcome to the Decoding Excellence Show. Hey everybody, this is your host, Adam Ringler, and welcome to the Decoding Excellence Show Monday Minutes. It is a brief five to 10 minute episode where we are catching up on everything that is happening in our industry, things we're reading, things we're checking out, things that we are experimenting with, exploring, and it is meant to just be a quick little summary, little tidbits, little breadcrumbs of things that are happening around our strength, conditioning, and high-performance industry. Like always, if you enjoy the show, there's a couple ways that you can support it. The very first thing I would recommend is please head over to adamringler.com forward slash newsletter. Pop in your email. I promise I won't spam you. And occasionally, about once a month, I'll send you an email. It'll be things that I'm reading, almost like a monthly recap of these Monday Minute episodes. I think you'll get a lot out of it. I explained to my friends that it is essentially the birch box of newsletters. You don't know what you're going to get, but you know whatever you receive is going to be chock full of great information. So head over to adamringler.com forward slash newsletter. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this week's Monday Minutes. I'm your host, Adam Ringler. And thanks again for joining me uh, on this sort of mini episode, these Monday Minutes, where we try to deliver anywhere from 10 to 15 minutes of some actionable information, my thoughts, anything within our industry, uh, current events or news or just things that we are discussing on Twitter, Instagram, and elsewhere. This is an audio version of those same conversations. So today on the minutes, I wanted to discuss something that is near and dear to my heart, and that is sport technologies. Obviously, I'm probably... um, pretty vocal on a lot of these social platforms about trying to use, uh, you know, diagnostic uh, devices, uh, performance technologies in the training process to hopefully try to deliver more, uh, more information for us practitioners, us coaches. And part of that is really trying to uh, use the data that we get from these devices into actually decision-making abilities for our coaches, for our medical team, for our sport, technical, tactical, sport coaches. So one of the things that I think most people uh, get wrong, gets confused, is that they often think that the financial barrier is the biggest hurdle that most uh, most organization, most coaches need to navigate in order to obtain and use performance technologies. And what I mean by that, that could be anything from wearable technologies like um, GPS devices, accelerometers. It could be uh, force plate technologies and and uh, you know motion capture sensors. Like uh, there's there's a number of them, right? That we could go down. And I'll try not to be. Um, listing too many companies on that, right? There's uh, devices to measure hamstring strengths and and different ratios between uh, your adductors and your hips and all the various devices, whether it's, you know, upper body, lower body, whatever, VBT, you name it, right? The challenge isn't necessarily, do I have the budget? That's, That's a hurdle. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to refute that a financial barrier is not indeed a barrier, But in my experience, in my history of doing this, 
a lot of people think that's the, uh, the only barrier to obtaining any of this performance hardware. And in reality, I, I honestly think that's the easiest barrier to jump because the acquisition for performance technologies really, at the end of the day, is a financial one, and that's the only hurdle, right? So any co- uh, company or organization, what, uh, what be it, can really just whip out a wallet or a credit card and finance it or work out the terms of, uh, terms of agreement for any performance technology, right? The much more difficult and often um, challenge that most people don't often think about is the, well, how do we actually use this within my own organization? How do we make information and turn those uh, that information data that we collect from it into actionable decisions? And that is something I think more people need to think about when they go into the actual sort of brainstorming or acquisition phase of any performance technology. It's not, can we afford this? It's that if we do have it, what are we going to do from it? So uh, I'll tell you a couple of different things. I know in, I probably spoke about this in the number of other Monday minutes, but it's one thing to data warehouse information on the back end, right? So, you know, I, I see this all the time. There's some uh, several threads within Twitter over the last couple of days of different pretty high level sporting organization talking about the role of analytics and data within their sport uh, construct. And one of the challenges, I think that the narrative um, people on Twitter were discussing is that, oh, well, you're just hanging on to data. You're just collecting it for collection purposes. You're not really doing anything. Well, what I would say is that any sort of longer phase epidemiological type of study or historical um, longitudinal type of study, you do need to hang on in data warehouse some of the, the actual um, information and the data that you collect from these devices. And fortunately, with more uh, machine learning technologies and, and codes and, and uh, capabilities coming out of uh, the, the world of data science, right, we can leverage and harness machine learning to really comb through and make better sort of multivariate analysis uh, of the data that we've collected and data warehoused to actually you know, comb through it and make decisions or at least give us insights into what the data is suggesting, even if we're just data warehousing it. So I still think there's an advantage of doing that, although the biggest advantage uh, is shifting away from just collecting for collection purposes and actually using data in a way that drives meaningful change. And that is something I think more people need to think about when they start to go through that acquisition phase. If I, let's just say, wearable technologies, if I acquire... 50, 60, you know, 100 wearable um, GPS devices for a particular team or 50, 30, whatever it might be, how am I going to actually use that information to affect day-to-day, week-to-week, month-to-month, season-to-season changes? So I think ultimately we have to have a real honest conversation with ourselves of see, do we even have the organizational readiness to adopt new strategies new methodologies of training, and new sort of uh, logistical frameworks of organizing how we structure or periodize practice plans or, uh, you know, uh, sessions from a day-to-day and week-to-week sort of time period. If we don't have 
the readiness to change, then I don't know if there's a huge benefit to getting wearable technologies if, uh, if you're just only using the information to support what you're already doing. So, you know, I, I, I think at that point, what we're, we find ourselves in is like the technology is only there to justify what we're doing. But if we're not really going to use it to change anything, then there's probably better things to invest financial dollars towards. So the, ultimately, the idea is to take any sort of technology, wearable tech in this manner, and say, hey, if the data suggests one thing, perhaps we should try to intervene or try to um, change based on what the information is telling us. Yes, maybe it can support our previous notions of what we think we're doing, but in the case that it doesn't, are we willing to accept what the the sort of um, objective data, objective information is telling us? It doesn't mean that we're wrong as coaches. It just means that we might need to reapproach the way that we do things. We might need to reapproach our ideas about the frameworks of how we are organizing conditioning sessions or how we're preparing athletes uh, for the start of a preseason camp or anything like that. How are we managing loads throughout an in-season period? Those are our very important things that we need to discuss ahead of time before we whip out the Visa credit card and start to acquire some of these technologies. Um, in the case of force plates or any sort of performance technology that might be in, in your weight room, do we have a the footprint within your uh, building, your facility, to actually hold this information? So uh, these devices or these technologies. So let's just say, in the sake of uh, like a Nord board or a groin bar, or force play, or if you're investing, let's just say in body composition things. So like you're going to pick up a DEXA unit or you're going to pick up a bod pod, right? Do we have places to put it? Number one, do we have places to hold it? Facilities to um, to, to protect and safeguard it. Do we also have places digitally or physically where we can store that information, right? Do we have you know repositories that are HIPAA compliant, um, that uh, actually are compliant with all of the sort of uh, regulations that we need to do to safeguard you know student information or medical data um, information, things like that, and then. Do we have the actual capabilities of making changes on it? And not only is that you know really, really important, but then also on top of that, do we have the labor and the resources, the person power, if you will, to actually drive intervention? So if you do collect you know, Nordic hamstrings or force plate technologies, do we have the personnel that are equipped to make those decisions to make the programming uh, uh, prerequisite changes to their programs to be able to affect hamstring strength or adduction to abduction ratios or symmetry um, for a load exploder drive or, or eccentric force production or peak power, all of the various parameters that some of these hardwares can uh, allow us as practitioners to get information and to know information. Do we have the person power to actually make the changes um, that we should? And should we make those changes? And do we have the organizational readiness to do all these things? Those are the questions that I think that more sport bodies, NGOs, organizations, and uh, companies need to really think about when it comes to the uh, part of do we acquire this technology versus that 
technology? Do we invest our money in X versus uh, Y or Z? Um, because honestly, in my opinion, the very easiest thing to do is to really just whip out your credit card and buy something. And I so often think that coaches put more of a mental hurdle on that part. Oh man, if I only could afford force plates, we would do, we would we would do more force plate testing. If I only could afford a couple of wearable technologies, a couple of GPS devices, we'd we'd uh, we'd surely would win the ne- next national championship. And I just think that's wrong. I think there's way bigger hurdles to navigate when you're starting to think about do we acquire this performance tech versus another performance tech. And so often that has less to do about the financial component of those things and way more to do about do we have the right people in the right places to make the right decisions at the right time based on accurate, repeatable, valid, and objective data-driven information. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to this week's Monday Minutes. Hopefully, you took away just maybe even my thoughts, my opinions about performance technologies and what the biggest hurdles actually are. So oftentimes, they're not the financial piece. They are the people piece. People are always more important than the performance technology. So hopefully as you go through this and maybe you are in this sort of organizational phase where you're thinking about acquiring some new performance technology for your company, you pause, you stop, you you take a moment to reflect and think, do we have these right pieces for this challenge, for this problem? Do we have the right people in the right place? And as always, there's a number of different ways that you can support the show, right? The first thing is I have a monthly newsletter that goes out. It is located at adamringler.com forward slash newsletter. And like I said in the intro, it is chocked full of great articles, research papers, um, sort of daily notes, things I'm finding fascinating and experimenting with and being a human guinea pig with to try to change my own behaviors, my own habits, but ultimately to really try to improve my life and get something a little bit more meaningful out of it. So uh, head over to adamringler.com forward slash newsletter, pop in your email, and I promise you, you'll get the welcome email and you'll start receiving those monthly updates and you won't regret it. I'm not gonna send you a bunch of spam messages or anything like that. I really think that you'll get a lot out of it and, uh, and check it out. I get questions every single time we publish either an article or the latest update to the Decoding Excellence show. And the question I often receive is, how do I support this show? Well, we have a new way that the audience and the crowd and everybody else here can support the Decoding Excellence show. Head over to buymeacoffee.com forward slash Adam Ringler. It's actually not buying me a coffee. I know the name sounds sort of uh, confusing or misleading, if you will. But what it is, is it's a, a platform, sort of a crowdsourcing way of, uh, of donating to the show. And the idea is that you would donate a coffee, right? $5, $4 or whatever to the Decoding Excellence show. And what we do with this is we turn the proceeds 
directly over to supporting the hosting of the Decoding Excellence show on whether it's on Spotify or on Simplecast or iTunes and elsewhere. And it, it supports the hosting fees for our website and the Decoding Excellence uh, Decoding Excellence show. So if you want to support the show, you can buy me a coffee. You can buy seven coffees. You buy yourself a coffee. Otherwise, please head over, check it out. It is buymeacoffee.com forward slash Adam Ringler. I'll include it in the show notes. And as always, thank you for supporting the Decoding Excellence show.